Hello and welcome to Love and Lordship Live. I'm going to try that again because it always gets frozen. Hello and welcome to Love and Lordship Live. I'm Greg Williams, and we continue this week with our One Another series in seeking the Lord and His Word on how to love one another in many different ways and in so doing, fulfilling the second great love ourselves. Loving one another, Mark 9.50 is a good anchor verse for this as it tells us to, I'm going to paraphrase this, to be salty and live at peace with one another. That seems contradictory, doesn't it? So let's look a little deeper in that and see if we can't figure out what the, the Holy Spirit is saying to us through God's Word. You see, Christ never promised His commands would be easy. As a matter of fact, when we look through Scripture, we find a contradictory to most teaching and preaching today that the commands are actually difficult because we continue to allow people to stay in their flesh. The only way they can truly be kept is when we surrender our flesh, die to flesh, die to self, lay it down, and live in His Holy Spirit. The new man, the new woman, the new nature that Christ gave us when we received the free gift of salvation so that we can be continually being transformed and sanctified to be His. Simply, uh, the commands would be good, God said, and if we love Him, we will obey Him. Let me go back on that again. Christ never promised His commands would be easy. Simply that they would be good, and if we love Him, which we cannot do apart from the Holy Spirit and the gift of salvation, that we would obey Him, John 13, 34, and 35. How can you be both salty and at peace with others? Simple answer, by trusting Him. So let's continue to look at this. How do we one another one another? Our first one another found in Mark 9.50, where Jesus is giving some pretty stern warnings to His disciples after they question someone else casting out demons in Jesus' name because the person wasn't in their group, so to speak, wasn't following them or in their church, so to speak. Jesus strongly exhorts his followers, along with some encouragement to those who will simply serve others. Give them a cup of cold water in verse Mark 9, verse 41, in their roles as his disciple. It's that simple. Be willing to serve and give out of an overflow of your love for me and my love in you. And then he closes with these words, remain salty and be at peace with one another. Back to verse 50. How's that for a seeming contradiction? And we, yet we know both are truth because he is the truth. He spoke them. We must never lose or compromise the potency of his word, the saltiness by our words or our lives. But we must also present them in such a way to build peace with each other as much as it is possible and within our ability to do so. Too often we become all salty and no peace or let's appease and keep peace at all costs, and we lose the saltiness, the truth. Remember, this is in the context of Christ's followers. For in verse 40, he reminds them and us that whoever is not against us is for us. So let's not go with a saltiness or an abrasiveness of that truth that pushes them away, but that doesn't happen as much today. The other sides have it. Let's talk about grace and peace and let's just everybody be happy. That doesn't work either. 
Paul repeats this command in Romans 12, 18, where he simply states that as far as it is possible, and it depends on you as a Christ follower, live at peace with all people, but it won't be possible with everyone. That doesn't mean we become unpeaceful or dispeaceful. It means that we continue to walk in that truth, and that will be salty, but we live peacefully and hope that others will get it. They won't all get it. This is not about appeasing others just to avoid conflict or disagreement or to keep them coming to our church. That would cost us our saltiness, and we would not be obeying the command. This is trusting in the Lord's peace. Remember John 14, 27 and John 16, 33. This world, I'm going to give you the peace like the world. As a matter of fact, in the world, you're going to have trouble. But I've overcome the world, and that's the peace I give you. Rest and walk and work and live in that. We can know assuredly by faith that we have that kind of peace in him, even in the midst of the struggles, the disagreements, and the chaos, when it becomes maybe a little salty. This is the peace that passes all understanding as we give thanks in all things and rejoice in him because he is on the throne. That brings us a peace that we can't comprehend, but by faith we can walk in it. Remember, you can check out www.loveandlordship.com for all the articles, videos, and podcasts. And on the articles where you're reading them, you will find all of these scripture text links. So you can check them out for yourself. And I strongly encourage you to do that. Don't take my word for it. Go back and find out and study. Maybe something I've said can help you. But go back and make sure that the Holy Spirit is ultimately your teacher. Sum it up again. Don't lose your saltiness, but be ever striving for his peace in and through you. What is your truth, tone, and attitude saying to others? Are you salty and peaceful? How are you doing when it comes to being at peace with one another? Jesus in your life is the only way this can happen. It can't happen when we compromise on one side or the other because we're not following through on his whole truth. That is all too prevalent in our churches today, which is why our culture is in chaos. Do you know Jesus as Savior and Lord, and are you walking in his peace and saltiness no matter what the world brings your way? The next one another, you know, always try and uh, cover two or three of these in, in a Love and Lordship Live. So our next one another is one of great humility. And we see it in Christ's teaching and especially in his modeling of it in John 13, 4 and 5, and then reading verse 14 and 15. We are called to wash one another's feet. Now, that can be literal, and I would highly recommend and encourage that you do or, or, or go through a foot washing ceremony. You will find great humility, not as much in allowing or more in allowing others to wash your feet as in your washing theirs. But what a great practice, literally and figuratively. How are you lifting others above you and washing their feet figuratively? If you've ever participated in a foot washing event, let me say this again. You know that both the, both the washing of others' feet and allowing others to wash yours are both acts of humility in exposing ourselves emotionally and spiritually and physically. It's also very interesting, and I talk about this in our, in our book, The Authority of Love, the second edition, that Jesus does several things in this setting, all tied to his love and authority. 
which cannot be separated in his kingdom. We far too often do that in our churches and in our culture today. You see, in John 13, 1, it states that he shows them the full extent of his love. In verse 3 in John 13, he declares that he knows who he is, that he's from the Father, he's returned to the Father, and the Father's replaced all power and authority in him. That's the essence of humility and what he is preparing to do out of that humility. So in verses 4 and 5, he literally takes off the robe at which he is eating the Passover with them, puts on a towel, humbles himself, bows down, kneels down, and serves them by washing each of the disciples' feet, knowing that in one way or another, each of them are going to abandon him in the next few hours. And then finally, we find in verses 12 through 17, remember, the command here is, you should do as I've done, wash one another's feet, humble yourself before one another. So in verse 12 through 17, Jesus ties it all together to teach and model for his disciples and for us as his disciples today that everything he has done for them is an act of authority. It says in verse 1, he showed them the full extent of love. Why doesn't he get up after doing that and say, that's how you love one another? I think that was obvious. So he gets to a deeper issue and says, do you know what I've done for you? I've set an example for you that you ought to follow You call me master, rabbi, teacher, Lord. Whatever your translation says, it means authority. You see, his perfect, full love, verse 1, is is evidence of and a model of kingdom authority. His perfect love is the authority. And in his kingdom, this is always done through a humble servant's heart, hands, and feet. I have set an example before you. Not simply of washing feet, but all that it entails in humility, service, and ultimately, this is the authority of love. The only authority that will accomplish his kingdom will. This is how you you love one another, you wash one another's feet, you stay salty in his truth and have that authority of that truth, but you do it in love. So he says to them then in verse 14 of chapter 13 in in the Gospel of John, that they, we should act accordingly by washing one another's feet. Follow my example. I believe this includes the literal act of washing feet from time to time, but even more so the humble act of service in loving relationships is what he desires for us to walk in and have that kingdom authority, that influence in the lives of others for his kingdom and glory. We certainly can wash feet and serve, But we will only do it in unconditional, selfless, self-giving love that prefers God above all others. That's agape. That's the love he's talking about. When we have first learned to love him and then humbly know and love who we are in Christ. Remember our previous series that I've talked about. The names of God, how to know and love him and worship him alone and love him with all we are. And then the identity in Christ series, do you know who you are? Are you receiving his love, loving him, and then loving who you are? Then we will learn and grow in loving loving and humble service to others with no expectations, but simply to show them his love and point them to him. Do you know him in this way? Do you know who you truly are in him? Humility. Are you serving others in loving humility? No expectation that kind of love as an overflow 
of Christ in you. I've shared that this one another series includes 59 one another's in Scripture. To be clear, that's how many times one another appears in the New Testament. However, it's interesting that all of these phrases point to the ultimate one another, which is to love one another, and that phrase alone appears 11 of the 59 times in Scripture. Every one of the other ones is actually pointing back to that one. Serve one another, wash one another's feet, be salty and live in peace with one another, encourage one another. We'll go on and on with these. This is how we are to love one another. As we work through and study through these, we'll take a look at the context and trust the Holy Spirit to teach us more of godly love to him, from Him, to Him, in us, and through us in each and every situation. That first love one another is actually mentioned twice in the same verse in John 13, 34. That's one of the most powerful commands that Jesus gives in line with the second greatest command for us to love others as we love ourselves. Anytime in Scripture that the Holy Spirit, as an author, has an author repeat what is said, we need to pay close attention and perhaps none more than in this text. Jesus is telling us that we are to love others as he has loved and does love us. This in no way negates the first and greatest command, as that would diminish his word and truth, and we know that can never happen. So this double love one another as he loves us comes from the source of God's love and our loving him and loving who we are so we can love others as we love ourselves and as he loves us. Do you know how much he loves you? Do you know what the, the, the manger, the cross, and the tomb really means? Are you growing in your love for others in that same, in that same way? Remember, 11 one another's in scriptures most of them are found in, in John's gospel and in his letters. So our next one another is another love one another. Try saying that three times fast. Following right on the heels of Jesus' new command in John 13, 34. In verse 35, he literally describes how others, other believers and the world, all will know that we are his followers. followers simply by this, by the way we love one another. Does your love for others, spouse, children, family, church family, friends, acquaintances, co-workers, even enemies, does it show others that you are a disciple of Jesus Christ? Food for thought as we close, you can't love others until you first love God and know and love who you are in Christ. That's why he gave us the first and second greatest command. Only then can we truly love one another in such a way that all others will know that we belong to him, that we're his disciples. It is by our love that they will know who we are and have an opportunity to know our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. Four action items. Spend time with him in his word and prayer daily. Read and study the scriptures in this post as a way to start. Two, ask the Holy Spirit to teach you. He will. That's who he is. Number three, ask someone you love how you're doing when it comes to loving him or her. And then four, ask the Lord to show you someone who has seemed unlovable to you and then ask him to show you how you can begin to love him or her. 
you got any questions or need help, please contact us at Love and Lordship. Loveandlordship at gmail.com. Spell it all out. Put it together. Love and A-N-D Lordship. Don't use the ampersand. Loveandlordship at gmail.com. Or you can text or call me at 859-229-6504. If I don't answer, leave a message. I promise you, I will get back with you. We'd love to talk with you and walk with you through this, engage with you, and, and do this walk with Christ together. Please continue to pray for love and lordship, and thank you for those prayers. We're reaching many. If the Lord shows you that this is his kingdom ministry and you're to partner with us, would you give? You can go to loveandlordship.com. There's a give tab in the upper right corner. Click on that. It'll walk you right through it in a minute or so. If not, keep praying until the Lord shows you where to give for his kingdom and glory. We don't charge for anything we do. People will ask us and we'll tell them what it may cost, and sometimes they'll give and sometimes they can't. That's okay. But uh, the Lord always provides, and we're thankful and grateful for that. Our vision, right there on the top of the banner, every life and relationship built on the love and lordship of Jesus Christ. Our mission, making disciples who make disciples in the love and lordship of Jesus Christ in every home and church beyond for his kingdom and glory. If your group or church would like to partner with us, mail, email me, uh, message me, text me. However, I'd love to talk with you and talk about that. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for your prayers. Thanks always to the Lord. Make it a great day, and God bless in Christ.